0: Design Freaks podcast. Hi, my name is Clarita. I am a Seattle-based graphic designer and record collecting person. Uh, The show is about record covers, graphic design, music history, design history, all that stuff. Thank you for listening. Um, This is episode 25, uh, which is not that much when you consider uh, some people do these things every day, but... um, you know, I like to really do some research and, and bring some interesting stories to you. So thanks for listening and subscribing. If you haven't subscribed, um, please do, uh, or download or whatever, that all counts. And please share the podcast with other vinyl enthusiasts that might enjoy it. Um, go to designfreakspodcast.com for all the photos, links, videos, etc. that accompany my episodes. Um, You can get to all the other platforms from there, too, and you can also visit ruinousmedia.com for other fun and entertaining Pacific Northwest and music-related podcasts. Um, You can also buy merch designed by me. Episode 25. I have a really fun episode today it is all about artists associated with peewee's playhouse um so it's our peewee's playhouse adjacent episode and my guest this episode is seattle artist designer writer totino's pizza boy travis tripper civart ritter hi
1: hi can you hear me
0: yes i can Great. hello hi Thank you for joining me on the 25th episode. You were on, I believe, episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Travis was yeah. on the Peter Seville.
1: Peter Seville.
0: hmm That was a good one. And uh, yeah, we talked about the uh, Joy Division, Unknown Pleasures cover, Dazzle Ships.
1: Section 25.
0: That was great. It was fun. So yeah, today I wanted to talk about me and Travis were texting the other day. Because we heard that there's finally going to be a Screamer's release on vinyl. and um,
1: Superior Viaduct.
0: Superior Viaduct is releasing it. Um, And weirdly enough, I guess this is all unofficial stuff. But if you look up Gary Panter's uh, Discogs, there are unofficial releases, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, they've been bootlegs for a long time.
0: Right. but they all
1: just sounded like crap because no one had their reel-to-reel.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it did have that kind of like rocket from the tombs, like mysterious, like there's no real recordings, you know.
1: There was a mystique to it.
0: There's yeah. there
1: was an image and a, everything to it, that it was transformative at a time that it needed to occur, but that it just kind of has obliterated and, just kind of been like talked about in circles and this thing of lore. I mean, I listened to the little five minute clip or whatever that they had, and it sound- still sounded raw. It didn't take anything away from the music itself, but mm-hmm. it sounded cool.
0: I um, pre-ordered the red vinyl.
1: Me too. I don't I don't normally go for color or anything like that. I was like, eh, whatever.
0: Well, you know, now that I'm never going to DJ in a dark bar again, I guess I don't need the black (laughs) vinyl anymore. No, Uh, that's depressing. Um, Let's talk about Gary Panter, because his work, his career spanned so much time, his works all over the place. Uh, he's worked for Ralph Records, um, first of all he's from Texas, um, one of the most, well according to this website, one of the most influential graphic artists of his generation, I would say that's true, um, even if you don't know his name. Uh, the Earlier today I was like, I'm going to look through my records and see how many I can find, I wonder how many I have with his art. And I looked up and the dirt bombs we have you surrounded is facing me yeah from my, from I, my pile
1: <laughs> yeah i when that record came out i didn't even realize that carrie panther did that record or like the yola tango run or it's just like
0: everywhere he t- i mean yeah. it's like barney bubbles like it's just everywhere or or hypnosis he just mm-hmm. did so much um yeah so it's hard to find a collection that doesn't have anything you know yeah of his so Anyway, so he was born in Oklahoma, and he was raised in Texas. He studied painting at, the East, at uh, East Texas State University, moved to L.A. in 77. And in L.A., he worked on multiple fronts, including painting, designing, comics, and commercial imagery, establishing a pattern of creating across traditional boundaries, and in multiple media that endures to this day. Speaking of multiple media, Obviously, he was also interested in 3D spaces uh, because he went on to design Pee-Wee's Playhouse. Um, As well as his 2D work, like Jimbo, the comic, which I've never read that. Have you read Jimbo?
2: No, I haven't.
0: I'm not really a comics person. I have my, my favorites. I don't like... Look for new ones, and you know it's not really my. I'm.
1: Own, I've been you know. really bad with comics in general. Like it's, uh, I feel like I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. There's like, literature, you know. There's a, there's all these other things that I'm trying to keep up with, and comics usually fall by the wayside.
0: Anyways, I'm so, and there's a lot of crossover too with graphic uh, novel artists, and with record cover uh, Mm -hmm. designers and artists. I wonder what was first. I can't quite tell the timeline.
1: Well, he was doing stuff with Slash Magazine, but um, it really kind of all seemed to be in the mid-70s, like out of L.A. Screamers were 77, 78.
0: Yeah, it looks like it was New Wave Comics, The Initiation of Raw, Uh, R.A.W. and then looks like that was one of the early ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a a newspaper. He was also featured in Rolling Stone magazine. So it looks to me like he was featured in a couple things and then started Jimbo's Inferno with Charles Burns. Have you seen some of the other stuff he did with Charles Burns? No. Oh, man. Amazing. I'll send you a link. Um, There's this thing called Face Tasm. It's amazing. Uh, but the, his, stu- his style is so much more precise.
1: Look, because the Panthers just so loose. Like...
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. But at this point, OK, so we're still in the 70s at this point. Um, I'll go through the record list later when we get later in the story. Um, so here's a funny story that he referenced in an interview I read um, that kind of shaped him as an artist and a person. Um, so he says, uh, back in 1972, he took a shitload of bad acid. Now, what is bad acid? Isn't it just acid, but you took too much?
1: Or just, yeah, maybe.
0: <sighs> I wonder.
1: I feel like the, the alchemy of that, all that was kind of questionable, and probably people just took poison and
0: <laughs> like... felt miserable. Maybe, maybe like it hadn't been worked out or it was some bathtub stuff. Yeah. So anyways, so he said he had an experience that disturbed him so badly he had to leave school for a year. Um, The memory of it still haunts him. And quote, there'd be composite creatures made of vacuum cleaners, all kinds of devices. And then they'd be covered with thousands of roach clips, each holding a butterfly wing or a playing card. And they'd all be stop motion animated and going, come with us. (laughs) This was not the organic and spiritual experience he had hoped for. (laughs) Um, Wow. That
1: sounds kind of cool right now.
0: (laughs) Another funny thing about his early life. um, His dad was um, a painter as well. I didn't look up his dad's artwork. I will, though. Maybe I'll put some up on the website. he, his dad was religious, but uh, uh, Gary Panter was not. And he, his dad thought that Panter's artwork was so disturbing that he uh, tried to get him to snap out of it. Like he thought he was possessed or something or that he could just like get over this weird demon phase he was going through. Wow. So he tried to get him to snap out of it by, uh, he got him a job at the local funeral home. <laughs> like how would that help a morbid child? <laughs> just pile pile it on yeah just pile it. just like smoke the whole carton until you don't like it anymore (laughs) or have some realization about god i don't know like kind of scared straight thing. so he so sometimes the job required gary panter to join the injured people on the ambulance ride to the hospital just in case the worst happened so he had to be like the last rights person but in those little towns They lived like in the middle of Texas or like hours, you know, from the next city. So he says in these little towns, the ambulance is also the funeral home because if there was a car wreck, we'd have an 80 mile drive to Dallas while people bled to death. So if you have a morbid child that you feel (laughs) is not religious enough, put them around dying people, people, just people bleeding to death right in front of them. That'll help him. Anyway, so then around, uh, okay, so then he was, he kept doing artwork and he kept getting published. Um, he did drawings for Slash Magazine and numerous record covers. And uh, then t- sometime around 1980, um, his Ros Talks Manifesto was published in the Ralph Records catalog, calling for artists to work within the capitalist system. Cool. So maybe as an aside, we could go over a couple quotes from that manifesto and give our takes on it of what we think. Um, Yeah. What do you think? What's your favorite quote? Um,
1: if you want better media, go make it.
0: That's good. But you left out the part where he sounds like Bill Maher. New rule. If you want better media, go oh, make
1: it. That, oh yeah, law. <laughs> it, it's, it's by law. Law. If you want better media, you go make it. I
0: don't know. <laughs> go make it, snowflakes. <laughs> I don't know. It's, look, obviously, he was reactionary to The Times. And um, mm-hmm. it just sounds like he was the punk artist who got called out for making money and got angry and wrote an angry manifesto. And I'm surprised it's not in all caps. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it's better that it's not it cut that that just kind of suppresses the language a little bit but it's it does just you know it it's it's that chain smoking through the night tapping away on your typewriter just like i got this great idea you know
0: i mean it's obviously a reaction to be being held to this punk rock standard of the day where you don't sell out authenticity is king you know we don't have that anymore that's very gen x mm-hmm. early gen x um to be uh, you know you'd rather be dead than be a poser you know what i mean or a yeah. sell out which doesn't even exist because the economy is so much worse now that it's like who cares all of our yeah. a ton of our friends have had songs and netflix shows and whatnot like I can't imagine holding that against someone right now. You know what I mean? No.
1: No. I have every artist deserves to get paid for the work that they do and mm-hmm. if they make something that people want to buy and mm-hmm. good.
0: And so even though I agree essentially with his overall message from this uh, manifesto, the language and the tone is just the ultimate boomer cringe. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just saying <laughs> – It's like, get off my lawn. It's like, it is unfortunate and unacceptable what vile and lazy do-nothings are given unwarranted credence for mouthing such foul and mean cliches as rip off and sell out. They have no understanding of our economy, Eh, finger wagging, I love that, (laughs) and the time it takes society to go. Confess and shut up. Capitalism, good or ill, is the river in which we sink or swim. Inspiration has always been born of recombination. Stop having ideals, but also different times. Different times, and I think he's making that common mistake that a lot of people make where he's conflating business with capitalism. It's not about being anti-money, it's about being anti-exploitation of artists. So I I don't know, there's problems I have with it also because I learned, um, when I started doing design, even before I went to design school, I, disco- I discovered the, um, pretty much the opposite of this manifesto. Um, it's Ken Garland's First Things First, and it's a pretty lofty one. I've mentioned it before in the podcast. I'm not going to go on and on about it, but you can look it up. Um, it's basically like design is really powerful, and it's basically like let's not limit ourselves to mm-hmm. uh, commercial work. Let's, let's note uh, the power that we have and that we can lend to making a real difference. And design and protest has always gone hand-in-hand. Hand. Politics and design have always gone Absolutely. together. Yeah, and so it's not naive <laughs> to think that
2: yeah.
0: you could, like now with web design, you could give a, whole, a, a cause legitimacy just by building an awesome website for them. A cause that maybe no one had heard of. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I think, I think both things are true. We have to survive as individual artists, but I also think that there, there should be idealism.
1: There's always, there's always something to work toward, you know, in a, in a, in a positive way and utilizing your talents in that way.
0: Another, uh, nerve that may have been hit with him. He was best friends with Matt Groening and, who was like the king of merchandising on The Simpsons? <laughs> which, I mean, besides from like Butterfinger commercials, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought, I don't know. I mean, you make a show and then you make toys from it. I guess. I, I was a Matt Groening fan before The Simpsons too. When I was a kid, we did have those books. His mm-hmm. like life is hell, life and is all. hell. Yeah, school is yeah. hell. All those. Yep. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. But Me too. I, I was such a little kid that I didn't hold him to any stand. I, I just didn't get the context of it before he became commercially successful. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, so he started to have some commercial success from his record covers, comic books, etc. But then he really, really hit it big with uh, my favorite uh, contribution to society he's made was uh, Pee-Wee's Playhouse design. Cause didn't that like change your brain? Yeah,
1: I watched that every single week. There was so much to look at and everything was like, you know, weird, obtuse and acute angles, just
0: like. So it all started with uh, Pee-Wee's big adventure When he introduced the to me, he introduced the idea of the Rube Goldberg machine with his breakfast, even though you could tell the orange was a Nerf ball. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, yeah, but the fantastical house idea of like you don't have to live that way. You can things can be fun. You can be an adult and have fun.
1: Even as a kid, though, I wondered who cleaned up after
0: Pee Wee. (laughs) That is so funny. But yeah, so the fantastical indoors idea that you could have 3D space be art. And um, mm-hmm. so that kind of brings us to the other, one of the other album designers from the Pee Wee theme today. Um, Wayne White created uh, puppets.
1: Shit, I even did a puppet show when I was like 20. Between- 22 and
0: 23. <gasps> i did a puppet show yeah. at the seattle art museum yeah. <laughs> it was terrible i mean think about that weird floor face who would think of that mm-hmm. uh billy baloney conky conky was a person by the way that was an outfit was there was a someone in there yeah that's why the arms are big uh... there's polaroids of wayne white standing with the guy that's in it, in the conky suit. And then uh, Randy, yeah. Dirty Dog.
1: Chicky Baby.
0: Who was the kite? What was his name with the little glasses? Uh, Mr. Kite. And oh, Mr. And kite. Terry. Mr. Kite was voiced by Wayne White, by the way. Oh. Yeah. And then Terry, which Randy liked mm-hmm. to call Terry just to make him mad. Because the P was silent. Uh, and if you look at Wayne White, dark, dart, Waynewhiteart.com slash puppets, um, you can see all of this stuff. There's kind of like sketches and in progress sort of uh, iterations of the puppets that aren't quite finished. It's pretty cool. Um, and then there's oh. also stuff that didn't make it onto the show. There's something called Dude Mask, which is really scary looking. <laughs> It's like kind of a cubist, Picasso style, face that doesn't make sense, which I love. And all of this is painted cardboard, right? Or a lot of his stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you saw the, you saw him at at the art fair, right? I of-
0: did, and I got to pull on the strings. Yeah, I did for too, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners, um, Wayne White created giant uh, puppet cardboard puppet versions of two settlers from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, what? Who was it again? There were the sisters. Yeah, I
1: forgot what the sisters names It was
0: Some um, pioneer settler ladies, but um, there were huge versions that he designed and p- some friends of mine um, helped to build uh, a few days before the uh, Seattle Art Fair. And I guess stayed up all night <laughs> and I was like, why didn't you call me? <laughs> I want to, yeah. I want to help. Um, <laughs> but I did get to meet him. He was playing his banjo yeah. was sitting in his chair next to the puppets. And I said, hello, He was very nice. And I'd love to have him on the show and ask him some stuff. Uh, since he did just recently design the new album cover for X alphabet land. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Really cool. I didn't know. Yeah, I go- didn't know
1: Wayne might did that one.
0: Oh, Google it. It's awesome. his classic, uh, His classic thrift store painting slash uh, genius level 3D letter form stuff. That's like super nice. I love it. It's so perfectly done. A lot of people paint over thrift store paintings, but nobody does it like him. He also has a a Discogs. Should we go over discog stuff? Gary Panter stuff? Because I know you... Reference the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh well,
1: I mean, I Red Hot Chili Peppers was that was my first tape, and I just re- remember seeing it and just being like, my brother doesn't have this, and having that association and this like punk kid like like standing there with an engorged eyeball. You know, I was really really young, and it was, I, I was borrowed my brother's freaky styly tape and I was like, I need to get the album that he doesn't have. And so he had Freaky Stylie had Uplift Mofo Party Plan. And I yeah. loved that cover so much. Yes. And I was just it's like
0: awesome.
1: And it, those two those are the two Gary Panthers. Like Yep. And that was like, you know, my first tape. That was uh you know, this album that meant a lot to me at a young age. You know mm-hmm. that's a little skate kid
0: the uh uplift mo- mofo party plan i love what he did with typography
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's irreverent
1: and characters just characters like that that is so much uh there's there, there's just these little tiny details it just it's so colorful and
0: it's colorful there's drawing over painting mm-hmm. And yeah, that to me blew my mind because I never thought of doing a whole painting and then a separate drawing over it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then the other one was Freaky Styly.
1: Yeah, he didn't do. I don't know if he did. I don't think he did that one.
0: But he did the eponymous. It was
1: the first record. Yeah, it was like their self-titled.
0: True men don't kill coyotes. True men don't kill Coyotes I forgot about that.
1: Oh, he was, he was doing stuff in this, like, it was like Zappa, and then, then he, then with all, like, the Ralph and San Francisco stuff.
0: You're right. Okay, so the first one is called Doc and Merle Watson, Lonesome Road, from 1977, then he designed an Alice Coltrane record. What? uh, For Warner Brothers, and that is from 1976, why is it out of order, but this one, um, it's gorgeous. It's not his normal style. It's not a drawing. It's, it's um, definitely looks designed. Um, There's a photo, a gorgeous photo of her. He has a ornate frame around her. There's a Lotus. It's sort of a Buddhist feeling. There's a lot of orange happening. Um, Yeah. It's just a nice, peaceful looking record. Um, Very cool. And then you get into 78 for frank zappa studio tan uh and then you get to subterranean modern which is a great compilation mm-hmm. on ralph i have that one right um, here i'm
1: just looking at you do
0: it. where they they all do a version of left my heart in san francisco yeah that's great very weird um, the re- and then uh-huh well
1: like chrome was supposed to be on ralph records but they were just kind of going back and forth apparently and so they went somewhere else
0: so then the snake finger record i love that it's uh, i think that's an ep the what wilbur
2: what Wilbur.
0: that's such a good song kill the great raven not my favorite uh yeah more frank zappa there's so many records there's no way i can put them all in my, oh, it, on my oh on my record that i've
1: been looking for for 15 years was Renato and the Loaf. Or no, it was probably about 10 years that it took me to finally find it.
0: The songs for Swinging Mm Larva? Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I didn't have any idea what this band sounded like until the internet finally came around and I was able to download a couple songs. Mm -hmm. But I was just, like, hunting for this record for whatever, 10 Fifteen years because I heard it in a song by this band called uh, Heavy Vegetable. They were just like the the bands you don't hear playing on the radio, and I was like, "Who's who's Ronaldo and the Loaf? Who's Can? Like kind of like who's a Captain? How, who's really is Captain Beefheart? You know, like they it it was, they just listed all of these things that I didn't really know anything about, but Ronaldo and the Loaf was one that like I was like, I need to hear what this is.
0: Yeah, I heard them first on, uh, I heard that song "Sprats Medium first Mm. on a (laughs) mixtape, kind of you. (laughs) Um, I wish I could play music through here that we could hear in real time, you know? It'd be cute.
1: It's wild how when you see between all of the things, like some things are a lot like heavier, like color heavy. And the mm-hmm. others like have like a, you know, three tone or he kind of shifts it between the two, like with the Dirt Bombs record.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, like I was looking at Ronaldo and the Loaf and just being like, oh, how did I not see the Dirt Bombs like immediately? But it, it's it the was the same it's cover. A, it's, yeah. it's a record that if I were to see it, I would immediately know what it was.
0: Yep. And it's kind of the, like with uh petty bond like you can tell Mm -hmm. right away but it does it is weird that he doesn't he does switch back and forth to the to the two tone two color or a million colors Mm -hmm. yeah that is that he's kind of all over the place in a way yeah I don't know I don't really have a favorite I think his work is best kind of all together as a collection you can kind of see because he did have such a Uh, moody style Mm -hmm. Um, and he did collaborate with people a lot so he had a lot to offer I think has he's still alive Jesus (laughs) Uh, rest in peace rest
1: in peace (laughs) Gary Panther
0: (laughs) Hmm. what else the the kind of yeah he did the Peewee graphic too yeah that little painting
1: when it when it um, was just a stage show he did all like the flyers the record kind of like the the iconic throwing this like very ch- it, it felt very ch- like childish and crayon scrawled like everything was perfect about it creating this like youthful space with You know different artists and stuff
0: did he design the stage show is that what you said
1: uh no 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 like with the with the promotional merchandise promotional materials
0: but i'm just wondering if he also had something to do with the i mean that it seems
1: like he probably would have in some Mm -hmm. capacity because it
0: does so yeah, so, so he did Pee Wee, but another thing, we mentioned the Screamers, but I think what I knew him best for, besides Pee Wee, secondly, would be, besides Pee Wee and Red Hot Chili Peppers, would be um, the Screamers mm-hmm. logo, which was a, it looks like a lion cut perhaps? It, it- I should know that. <laughs> I just assumed it was, but right, right when I said it right now, I'm like, I'm not 100% sure.
1: It 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 has like its simplicity to it, you know, like it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: mostly asymmetric.
0: It's like opposite, like a yin yang almost. <laughs> and that's the thing is
1: because <laughs> it's like it's so like like there's nothing about that image that is quiet. It's so just like it's striking. You're just like, oh god, it, like what kind of metamorphosis? like metamorphosis is he going through like into a superpower
0: but then you see tomata and it really looks like him Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean it's exaggerated but yeah it really does and it it captures the angst and i don't know the kind of that that raw sound that we were talking about earlier screamers or tomata do plenty uh paul rossler kk barrett bill riflin eldon hoke which i don't know much about some other people they were uh rooted in the northwest um right because he was in it started here so the original lineup of the tupperwares included tommy gear at the time he was melba toast and tomata duplenty and rio de janeiro on vocals backed by pam lillig and ben witz later of girls as well as bill riflin um and then later of blackouts who I love, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, and Ministry, another one of my favorites. And Lard. Yeah, so a lot of great history there before he went to LA, some Pacific Northwest history. The Tupperware's played up here with the Whiz Kids and, and the Telepaths, stuff like that, so. It must've been just Pretty so cool. wild to
1: tour in that time and come to Seattle, you know? Like where yeah. you're like, whoa, we have to go all this way up this way to go uh-huh. this way.
0: Yeah, but weren't some of them here, though? Yeah. Already? Phil Rifle yeah. was here. This is 75. Yeah, so this was at the beginnings. And it's funny because things were way weirder and then got tamer during the grunge era, but that's what we're known for.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's pretty much, you know, the, the legacy of Gary Panther. Kind of cringy, kind of great all over the place. Tons of work. Um, take what you like, leave the rest type of deal. Uh, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with them, again, it'll be on my website. Some different examples. But, uh, and I'll have a link to his Discogs artist page so you can check out all the records he's done over the years and see I bet you've got at least one in your collection. Um, then we went over Wayne White, which I will hopefully be able to talk to someday. And then I wanted to go over my last Pee-wee's Playhouse uh, sort of adjacent artist, uh, the third person on the show who did album art. Captain Carl, obviously, was played by Phil Hartman. You may know him from such shows as The Simpsons, as Troy McClure and uh, News Radio. What else, Travis?
1: Uh, Saturday Night Live.
0: He was always just he, he was always just
1: there in utility and ready to like do anything. Uh,
0: he was like the most hilarious straight man ever yeah. in comedy, don't you think? Mm-hmm. That was like the weirdest, most unique skill of like straight man sort of role, but so funny in his own right that he kind of uh, took over and upstaged. Yeah. the sillier people, I think. <laughs> Um, so not many people know that he, I guess when he was trying to make his way into the comedy, uh, and show business industry, um, he was a professional graphic designer who, who designed a bunch of album covers. So, uh, I have, uh, if you have that link I sent you, there's a few here. Uh, one of this, the first band is Poco. Is the name of the band Poco, Poco. I guess from 19 19- yeah yeah 1974 do you know that record
1: I'm not i have never really, I don't think I've ever really listened to Poco and like the this it I don't know when I saw it I didn't even realize that that record existed before today
0: okay <laughs> I mean it don't there's no shame like I don't know who that is either yeah. some of these bands are not great yeah. um, so the next one is from 1979 america which it looks like uh he took a photo it was like a treated photo although i don't see the rest of the packaging here these are just the covers and some typesetting. um then he does another album in 77 for america called harbor uh you know i gotta say it's it's dated (laughs) it's dated uh oh yeah do you see the crosby stills nash one he did yeah
1: like Folks, Celtic symbol or Irish symbol?
0: Okay, it looks like a cross between a sports logo and a Celtic knot. Yeah. Uh, the lettering looks uh, maybe pixelated of the words. I don't know. That's probably my least favorite thing I've seen today. Then <laughs> he <laughs> he does another album called. The fire sign theater fighting clowns yeah there were
1: they were a comedy troupe
0: oh yeah. okay. my,
1: my my dad had their records
0: really yeah. was it good
1: I mean I get, I didn't really understand it because it was just like young 20-something hippie yeah. comedy
0: it's a painting I'm sure he didn't do the painting he probably did color correction and did typesetting for this but um he it's a painting uh, there's a sun and a moon there's it's a war like a maybe a vietnam war scene with a uh a boxing match happening and a bunch of protesters that this evil clown is walking on wearing a war helmet there's a lot going on yeah and um what's that in the background there's like a stage with a there's
1: like a walrus
0: ping-pong. or something like oh is it a dinosaur <laughs> there's two of them. There's Is another Is that Lady one.
1: Liberty in a barrel of whiskey or beer?
0: There, probably. <laughs> there's there's also a rocket launch happening behind the White House. <laughs>
1: That's good.
0: <laughs> Saying it out loud. There's a lot. Um there's also a desert. Anyways. That was from nineteen eighty. Um then another one. Oh, well, these are not in order. There's another America's Greatest Hits. Another Poco. This one has the horse on it. The horse. I I I've, I've, I've,
1: I've picked up that record so many goddamn
0: times. I recognize that one. It has red eyes, and then the Steely Dan. How would you say that the name of that Steely Dan record? Asia. Asia? I'll listen to some some SD from time to time. I mean, it's it's fine,
1: but I'm just like, oh god, like I don't know. There, there's something about it that just kind of bugs me. I don't know what it is.
0: It's got a slight Jimmy Buffett quality <laughs> to where just a sprinkle. But that
1: record's so iconic too. you know like it's like you mm-hmm. see that everywhere.
0: Deacon Blues is on it.. Mm. So, yeah, so would you ever have thought that that album was Phil Hartman? No. <laughs> that Phil Hartman designed that. It's so weird. What a weird overlapping of, like, 80s uh, trivia. Yeah. Um, did, did we already answer the question that I ask everyone? The What was the first record cover you remember when you were a kid?
1: Probably Cinderella Night Songs. Ooh. Because my brother had that record and i remember it just being so the total opposite of what was in it was like my brother had that one record and then it was the rest of my parents records
0: so in this album cover they are standing in an alley looking pretty tough what yeah. did you think about what what did you think about that when you saw that when you were a kid i
1: i really just kind of like the the purple color in the background i had never seen a like something like that and like my brother my brother dressed up as a member of rat for Halloween one year and my mom uh, made little like leopard print pants and like cut little holes in them and you know he's wearing running shoes he didn't have the boots but still like had this like wig and it like ha- had he went he went Tommy Lee and put like a, a
0: under eye black
1: and then under eye black
0: Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, you could do a shitty cover in your room. <laughs> of that, of something. Of some oh, I, def- I definitely have,
1: something. I definitely have a terrible wig and some tight black pants that don't fit me anymore. So yeah, that was my first, that was the first record. That, like, the first one that I really remember.
0: Um, Yeah. I'm looking at the list from that record though. And I, i can't say i recognize a single song on here uh but i'm gonna give it a listen after we're done here i don't know how to end a show because everything is so bleak
1: <laughs> we will see you again or talk to you again see fingers you crossed
2: again. Fingers I I this is the What shape is my shape? That's where I used to stand. It seems like.